Hello, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. Welcome. Thank you for joining us again today, and today we'll be talking about the process of determining your rehearsal schedule as a director. Yeah, we're going to have a two-episode series, a short one here, on starting to direct, and our first episode on that, we'll be talking about planning rehearsals, which is always a technical nightmare. It's really uh, exciting, too. Yeah, it is. So, uh, Get your calendar. Yeah, both Jim and I use this, uh, or no, actually, I don't know, do you use the Excel sheet that I had for this? Too, or do you not have that one? Because I know we had talked about uh, with auditions, yeah. you use the same stuff. I've bounced I back and forth. I think I've sometimes used Excel and sometimes use Word. Yeah. Well, I have a friend who des- designed an Excel spreadsheet where you enter your scenes, you enter your actors, you enter your characters, you enter your conflicts, and it automatically comes up with when your actors are available to rehearse particular scenes. Oh, man. I've had to figure all that myself. Well, remind me. I'll send that to you. Okay. That might come in handy if I ever direct again, but... Mm-hmm. No, if we're, I, if we're really good, I could put that on backstage.link and other people could get it. But I'd have to check with this friend to make sure it's okay I would, to publish it. Yeah, I would do that. So that definitely is helpful as far as that technical aspect goes. But basically, you need to find out how many rehearsals you have, what you need to cover, and when you're going to cover it. Yeah, and the parameters are really going to be dependent on a case-by-case basis, particularly with the theater that you're working at. Yeah, but that pretty much covers it. So tune in next week. All right. We'll, uh, <laughs> There's a lot more of that. I mean, no. you got the, uh, yeah, like you said, the theater availability and what they're going to give you for your rehearsal schedule. So you have to figure out the dates first, and then you have to start looking at who's available for those dates and what you need to cover, what particular scenes, or if you want to separate things into, you know, further than the actual scenes. And then if you don't have enough rehearsals available at the theater, can you get a location to rehearse at? It's a whole litany of complications i always start backward from when does tech week have to be when do we open yeah yeah so basically the week before you open most theaters will give you that whole week in the theater uh so you can work out your your tech cues and all that sort of thing and get your final polish on i can't imagine why they wouldn't let you have the whole week in the theater to well do actually that. uh have you ever encountered a situation where that was not the case in fact i have and have encountered that repeatedly and i'm going back to my old barley sheaf again uh, they give you Sunday. My old barley sheet? Yeah, my old barley sheet. <laughs> uh, they give you Sunday through Wednesday. Yeah. So Thursday, which is the day before you, you usually open on a Friday. So Thursday, the day before you open, is actually dark. Yeah. Well, it's not dark. The, the other show that's coming up after yours usually has the theater oh. sets sets up the chairs and that kind of thing. So they're not actually dark, but you your as production a show, is dark. Yes. Meaning you don't rehearse for one or two of you who stumble on this that have no idea. It's a thing. Yes. It's a thing. It's like a tradition that you don't have rehearsal the night before opening. Yeah, generally. I've done shows where we have rehearsed the night before opening night. I think I've had at least one show that I've directed yeah. where we had to have our la- our dress rehearsal had to be the night before because I, of a I also conflict. Had, uh, I've had certain directors that are like, you know, unless we don't, yeah, unless we're perfect on Wednesday, we will rehearse on Thursday. Some directors like to do that, and I can understand that. I mean... Having that dark day, having a day where you're not rehearsing, you know, there's a certain risk of forgetting something. I, I think it's mild because once you've <laughs> gone through a whole week of rehearsals, I think you pretty much got it down. I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> or else you really you shouldn't really be in the show. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been my practice is I always work backwards from there. Mm-hmm. And I've generally, I've figured roughly about 10 weeks of rehearsals. 
Yeah, I mean that 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 is also theater dependent. I think Barley Chief's actually a little shorter. I think they're closer to eight weeks. Yeah, um, and the biggest variable, I guess, with that is what is the particular theater season's alignment? How far apart are their shows? How many right. shows do they do a year? How much time before your show opens do you actually get the space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I find most theaters usually have two shows rehearsing at the same time every other day. I've um, admittedly had the luxury of mostly directing in a theater where there's virtually little to no overlap no. between shows. Wow. That's in fact, you the auditions for the next show may not happen until the previous show is open. So, in that circumstance, do they do you rehearse daily, or do you still do like a three day a week thing? No, I would typically do a three day. But do you do they give you that option to rehearse daily? Yeah. Well, there's generally not much else going in the theater, but there can be some things like mm-hmm. board meetings, uh, membership meetings. Gotcha. Uh, sometimes they want to plan other events. Right. It's yeah, not necessarily I mean, I don't, the next. It's not necessarily the, the next production, regular production, but maybe they're trying to squeeze in. I don't know. It could be an improv group or mm-hmm. other kind of in between events that they're planning yeah. to raise more money. I don't know that I'd want to rehearse every day anyway. God no. no that, that would be a three joke. nights a week is more than plenty (laughs) sometimes it is yeah so working backwards you you've got your tech week which is the week before you open uh before that you're going to want to be doing fine tuning you're probably going to be running full acts or the full show yeah i my process and i usually like to work backwards so Mm. got tech week the week before that is full show rehearsals typically Mm. for me probably just one week worth of that and then maybe the two weeks prior to that are full act rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Most shows are two acts, not everyone, but most shows are two acts. So I will typically alternate acts in the two weeks before full show rehearsal. Right. And then, again, working backwards, I'm usually running groups of scenes prior to that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, I tend to run out of order. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of it comes down to which characters are in which scenes and which actors are. In. Yeah. When I'm starting to plan the process, I I always try to place a lot of importance on not making people sit through a lot of yeah. rehearsals where they have very little to do. Yep. I, I try to do the same. Um, so I will I will actually sit, read the go through the script page by page. And actually, this is where Excel comes in handy. Mm-hmm. I'll actually make like a chart. Yep. Like of bar graphs showing who's on which page when they appear. And then I'll once I go through that whole thing from beginning to end, I will try to as much as I can isolate certain chunks that involve certain subsets of actors. Right. Yeah, I, I do the same general thing. I, I approach it a little differently, like you know, checking entrances and exits to see when the characters come in and out so I don't have to do necessarily every page. Uh, and I also I, I tend to work forward going through rehearsals. I don't work backward like that so i you know i'll start off going okay the first thing i want to do is you know i'll have a read through which is usually the first rehearsal after you've cast your show you'll get everybody together in a room and you'll just sit down with the script and everybody will read their part and you'll everybody will get a good sense of the whole show and then from that i i tend to jump into blocking from there um and i will generally work through the show sequentially when i block it i try to go beginning to end Sometimes I'm forced to jump around. Yeah, I, I prefer mainly because a lot of the times I don't get that far ahead as a director. Sometimes I block more on the fly because my approach, I, I like a more organic approach to blocking. I don't necessarily want to tell everybody, you know, I want you here at this point and there at another point. I, I don't like to be rigid with the blocking. I'll try to be like, okay, uh, on this line, I want you sitting down over here. But whatever they do to get there... I want them to do what feels natural. Yeah. So because of that, I'm not writing out 
I'm not always writing out the entire show of blocking. I know a lot of directors do that. Right. I've used different approaches in different situations. Mm -hmm. I'll get into that more in a minute, but I start kind of by working backwards as far as planning out the schedule, but then, and I might take that up to the full act rehearsals, and then I kind of work from the beginning and work forwards from breaking down the chunks of scenes. Yeah. And I will frequently block them out of order, again, trying to make best use of people's time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I try to do that after the blocking. I just find it's easier to get a, a, a sense of the flow of the show yeah. because if you're blocking out of order, you know, if, you're, if you've blocked act one, scene one, and then you jump to act one, scene three, well then, well, where are the actors at the end of act one, scene two? If you're going through the whole script and you've already noted all of your blocking, you're going to know that. But if you're going with the more organic approach, you might not know. Right. And determining what the chunks are, that's going to be a factor. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm doing the blocking, as I said, in order, I'll I'll probably have the chunks done ahead of time. So I'll I'll have a sense of that. But I, I tend to run the chunks after the blocking. That makes any sense? Okay, yeah, I think I follow you. Yeah, so, so once, once I've done the blocking. you sequence, and then, yeah. then you're trying to, yeah. Yeah, then I'll go out of order to rehearse, and then I'll just be like, okay, well, these actors are in this bit, that bit, and right. the other bit, and I'll put those together, even if they're not sequential, and I'll run those. And then, then I start to get a sense of, okay, what needs more work, so then I'll work those more. So I'll, I'll, I'll I, my schedule is evolving. Yeah. So I don't I've, have like the entire schedule worked out ahead of time. Yeah, I've, I, get, like, I think I've had situations somewhere usually in the middle where maybe there are a couple TBDs depending on what yep. I think needs work at the time. Yeah, yeah. It, always it tends to that. happen right around the middle. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle of running scenes. And my so I got maybe two or three weeks of blocking usually at the front end, then three or four weeks of running scenes in between, mm-hmm. which usually in running scenes it ends up being multiple chunks that I've blocked right at different times but now I'm putting some of those together running those and then when I get into full act rehearsals that's where it tends to go more linear yeah I mean it ha- at some process. point it has to I mean I like to try to kind of open up with that if I can because I mean I, I I usually end up having to block out of order just out of necessity so it's just a matter of getting that done ahead of time and i mean i always have a general sense of it i don't want to like give the impression that i'm walking into a rehearsal and having no idea what to tell anybody i mean right. i have a general sense of of where i want people when and i usually uh, a lot of times i'll have like a little diagram in the script where i'm like okay at this point i want this is where i want the actors and i'll put little notations of yeah my character. uh the last show i directed out of the baskervilles we i had a stage manager a uh, stage manager named Dan, who also had directing experience, mm-hmm. and he he was there pretty much at every rehearsal. He had a whole book of the script, pretty much laminated copies of every. He had a whole book of the script, laminated copies of every page, and he had colored pencils. Wow. He marked out the blocking we determined for everybody because it was a it was a larger cast, mm-hmm. and I think your approach has to vary a little bit depending on the size of your cast sure. to some degree. So he had colored pencils marked out with where everybody was going on every page, and it made it really nice and easy to refer to when we were going back to run things. Yeah, to figure out that where sounds we, fantastic. I, where I kinda, we were. I, I wish oh, yeah, Dan did an awesome job with that. I, yeah. I will freely give kudos to him on that. It was yeah. wonderful. So you could go to that level of it where you're, you know, diagramming everything. Yeah, I, I know. I, I've worked with directors where they have the, uh, like, the script copied, you know, uh, one-sided pages. And then on the other side, there's, like, a drawing yeah, of the set. that's and what he like, did. Yeah, and, I mean, it's a detailed thing where there'll be, like, you know, dotted lines and arrows. And it looks like some sort of, you know, football playbook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
I, I never like doing that. I mean, I, I have done that to some extent, but I find that it doesn't, it, it, it looks unnatural. It, it, it ends up being a lot of like, oh, I'm crossing here because the director told me to cross here. No, that's, you got to be very careful. Yeah. That. I, th- uh, it I, also depends on the actor because some actors yeah. can can deal with the organic style of blocking. Some can. I mean, we'll get into that more uh, in, in our next episode. Um, but yeah, you have to you have to be able to direct to your actors and know. You know, some actors really like the organic blocking. I find. Yeah, I felt more with True West. I mm-hmm. think, if I remember correctly, that I relied more on the organic approach. Yeah, which was easier to do because you just had two actors right. in most, most of the scenes. scenes yeah. So. Yeah, the larger cast productions, when you have more people on stage, yeah. you do have to choreograph it better. Just Farces just, in particular. Yeah, because you don't want people walking into each other. No, Farces, right. yes. I've directed stuff that's more farcical, and I have been like, okay, you go here at this point, and you go here, and you do this. And yeah, that, that definitely requires more structure. So going back to the schedule, there was one situation where you know, 90% of the time I've started with blocking as mm-hmm. the early rehearsal. But in the case of True West, I actually did not start that way. I started with... Really? what you'd probably consider to be somewhat more in-depth table reads. Yeah, I, 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 I have done that. I'm like looking over our notes here and I don't think I noted that down. But yeah, that is something that can be very helpful. I've also found uh, I schedule those a lot if I've got issues with uh, actor availability. So if I've got something where I have a rehearsal, you know, I have the theater available, I have most of my actors available, but like one lead is not available. Rather than rehearse something where we're missing somebody, and that's going to make a big difference with, you know, blocking because people will be talking to an invisible spot. When you get further into things, that's necessary if you have actors unavailable. But when you're earlier on, like if blocking is done or even if you're still working on blocking and you're missing a key part of that, I find it can be helpful to throw a table read rehearsal in there. That's that's a good use of time mm. because then you're not just skipping a rehearsal just because you're missing somebody. Right. I, it was something I wanted to try with True West just mm-hmm. because I wanted, uh, probably something Aaron suggested to me at one point, but I wanted to get the actors thinking more about the characters before we actually got on stage. Yeah. You definitely, that, that that gives you that, that opportunity for character discussion. And, and it gives you, gives the actors the ability to kind of delve further into what their characters are like. Yes. Some people might argue that blocking is maybe something to do later yeah worry about the internals the or the uh the the character development first before you iron out your blocking yeah that's true and i mean i have done that actually i have done that as well where we have the uh the table read uh at at the first rehearsal uh, you know the read through and then we do table rehearsals following that for the next rehearsal or two where we just start talking about character before getting into blocking Mm -hmm. i i kind of moved away from that because like i said i like to make use of when I can't do any other type of rehearsal, that's when I throw in the table reads okay. now. And I know other directors actually will give you character assignments, and they'll tell you yeah, to go home I've and write a paragraph. I, I never like that. I always end up doing it last minute. It's we've, like uh, I, I've in shows I've acted in, I've uh, we've all been asked to do character biographies, or maybe the director will come in one day and ask random questions about what do you think your character would think about X? Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely do that where I'll go around the room. Yeah, do you yeah. think your character, why do you think your character is acting this way? What mm-hmm. do you think your character, what do you think your character would think about X? That kind of thing. Well, that that's a lot of what we talked about or tried to cover during the table reads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely a good use. And I don't know why I didn't list that because I do it all, pretty much every show I've done has some in there. Yeah. I think some shows it's probably not really as warranted because, the characters aren't necessarily as deep. This is true. 
but Again, I think I'm even going with back those. to farce examples. But yeah. I mean, say like Boeing, Boeing. I mean, that's one I directed that is basically just a farce and the characters are not in depth. And if you read too much into it, you're like, how can these people possibly be this stupid? Right. But that said, you have some characters that you can get really interesting about with, with table reads. And we had... Uh, uh, the housekeeper character, Bert, I don't remember. It's housekeeper, I, I don't know, cook. She did like all sorts of stuff around the house. We ended up developing this whole backstory for her that wasn't necessarily in the script, but fits with the script and is implied by the script, that sort of thing. And I've also just been involved with productions where even if the characters are not that in-depth, you end up making, you know, what happens to them after this story? <laughs> that kind of thing, it's always fun. Because the other thing, as a director... You know a bit about every single character. You have a vision for the show, but you are never going to know each individual character as well as the actors end up knowing. So you can learn something from that and learn what where your actors are going with it and possibly how that fits into your vision better or worse than what you were envisioning, and you can put them on a different course. I think I found, going by the perhaps more traditional approach of blocking, is... <laughs> That's more of an opportunity for actors to kind of get their feet wet and yeah. start to yeah start to step into their character's shoes. Yeah, it's an easier. It's kind of asking opening. <laughs> yeah, asking those kinds of questions are probably things that probably in the past I would be more inclined to put in after blocking, like as we're running scenes. Yeah, and I think that's another reason that I that I have ended up moving to that. But between the the scheduling issues, it's a good I find a good use of rehearsals that are otherwise difficult to schedule and yes as you said you know if, if they're just picking up this script for the first time at the read-through then it might pay to give them some time to learn more about sure. their character so another milestone from the actor's point of view that's usually a pretty big part of the rehearsal schedule is when do i have to be off book yeah that's something i always struggle with as a director trying to determine that date and i usually you know don't tell anybody who acts for me but i usually tend to put that date earlier than i actually expected hmm. because they never make it doesn't matter where you put the <laughs> deadline the actors there's always somebody that's not great at being wow. yeah if i'm acting it's usually me <laughs> i'm always off book by the opening usually by tech week sorry i was always the opposite yeah no i mean that's great it's it's great to have actors who get off book early i always appreciate that I, as a director me as an actor i wanted to get that script out of my hands as quickly as i could it makes sense i, I think you get more of a grasp of your character once that script i think it just ties me down and i'm one who maybe is a little bit more sensitive to exploring the physicality of what i'm doing on stage and yeah and it's difficult to do script with in my hand just really hinders me it's like Acting with one hand tied behind your back because yeah. it's with one hand in front of your face. Yeah, this is true. But and you have to keep looking down at your script. Yeah, it, certainly whatever the off book date is, certainly I never expect it to go perfectly. No, and it never does. And it's usually a, a long rehearsal and a rocky rehearsal. You get through. I don't know if this has been your experience as a director, but I have found more often than not that somewhere around that point in the process, as a director, I feel completely useless. Yeah. I mean, if they're not remembering their lines, there's not much you can do. No, if the, you get to that point where you've, you're running the scenes, they have their scripts in hand, and you can interject things, give direction, you know, fine-tune the performance a little bit. Mm -hmm. As soon as the script drops and that's the hurdle to overcome, there's yeah. virtually nothing you can do as a director. Yeah, I mean, I, it really is. If, you're, if your actors aren't remembering their lines, I feel personally as a director that you're kind of screwed. I mean, there's certain things you can do with running their lines with them and all of that, but giving them other notes while they're trying to remember their lines beyond 
remember your lines, learn your lines, it's it's kind of hopeless because if they can't remember their lines, how are they going to remember to, you know, yeah, then you're provide certain inflection on. with yeah. them and, you know, move their arm a certain way or whatever. And I've had that circumstance and it's extremely frustrating as a director and I feel frustrated. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always run into that with just about every production I've done where I know to expect that, okay, for the next week or two possibly i'm just going to be showing up watching this yeah, and possibly throughout the run show <laughs> i'll be showing up watching this and probably having very little input yeah it happens i mean in hopefully fact, they get in there but... in fact probably the last time around that might have been a case where i'll let the ad run the rehearsal this time <laughs> yeah it's not a bad time to do that i guess there well, were some cases i think where in Hound in particular, I let the AD take over rehearsals, mm. and I just went off and, okay, I got stuff to paint for the set. This is probably yeah. a better use of my time, yeah. to be quite honest. Yeah, sometimes running rehearsals means handing that off. Yeah. So once you get past that off book, <laughs> then you have to put in the tech. Yeah, well, even before that, I think the space, what, what uh, the space constraints is another thing. That may be yeah. sort of a milestone somewhere in your process. If yeah. you don't have the actual performance space throughout your whole rehearsal period, then figuring out when you're going to get that and what needs to fall in place by that point is a consideration to make in your schedule. Yeah, my experience has been a lot of time you're rehearsing on somebody else's set or in some or in another space entirely. Right. I feel like you can sometimes get some sense of it when you're on somebody else's set, but as a director, I think I probably have more of a sense of it than the actors do. Sure. Uh, especially since I design my own sets most of the time. But yeah, you know, you've usually got it a few, yeah, about a month maybe at most before you open, before you're going to get just a raw stage. And then you have to put up your own set over a period of a few weeks. And sometimes you don't get a sense of that until your set's almost done. Sure. I, I have a couple productions I've directed. I have been fortunate in that we had key elements of the set or a large portion of the set actually put together very early. Oh, that's good. And that seemed to be a big help from the actor's point of view as far as getting to know that space and where things are going to be. Yeah. I, I was in one show where we did not even get into the theater until Tech Week. Wow. So we were rehearsing in a secondary space for the entire time, which was not the same dimensions, not the same size. Nothing was the same. Yeah. And then Tech Week, we had a we got the set. And the set, I mean, the set was completely up by the time we got onto it. When I've rehearsed for shows at uh, Playcrafters and Skip Back, up until maybe three weeks before opening, we would mm. be in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. doesn't quite translate to the feel of being on the stage. I would not think so. I mean, I, as an actor, I can usually handle it, but I, I would think that would be very hard to, to block as a director. I've had some circumstances directing where we're in a secondary space, but it, it's difficult. To say the least. I, and I think I simplified blocking. Actually, that was True West. I didn't have the the space for True West until very close to opening because the uh, the theater had been kind of reconfigured for the show that was rehearsing and, and staging before us. Was that chess? Yes, it was. Yeah, okay. I remember yeah. that. And they basically They, they turned, totally rearranged the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, instead of putting the show on the stage, they turned the whole theater on a, on the side. Right, 90 so, degrees more or less. Yes, so they put uh, a they, they built another stage on one wall of the theater. So so yeah, we, we did not have that space until that show closed and they took their set down. But anyway, so yeah, so once you get the the set, then you got to work in the tech. Right. Well, there's but other still more Apparently, I'm jumping ahead of myself <laughs> repeatedly. Go ahead. Uh, we've touched on it a little bit earlier, but I, I think what you do encounter through the whole process is 
actors availability. Well, I mean, yeah. you got to plan around it to some degree, but and there's two ways to go about, or there are two different factors. Some people may not be available on certain nights of the week, so now it's a matter of what are the best days of the week to pick for rehearsals. If you have that option. If you have that option, which you may or may not. Three days a week is pretty customary. Mm-hmm. Typically one weekend day and two weeknights. Yep. More often than not. And then maybe you have more finite conflicts, like uh, Johnny's going to be on vacation the week before tech Right. Yeah, that happens a lot. And and I we, we've talked about this before and we've stressed as actors, you know, give your conflicts up front if at all possible, because I, I it seems like every time I direct somebody's like, oh, yeah, I need to miss this day and this day, you know, like two weeks into rehearsals. They're telling me this and it just makes it extremely difficult to schedule. So that you got to factor that in your plan, knowing, OK, uh, yeah, when you have your calendar, whatever that looks like, I usually put in, OK, uh, I'm going to plan for these things this week but here are the people i'm not going to have right so then i either need stand-ins or i need to work around it or maybe i rearrange what i'm going to be doing that week yeah and i and i think that's how it comes into you know separating it into those pieces and knowing which actors are available for which pieces and doing all of that i gotta check out this program program. yeah i need to send that to you (laughs) okay can, can i move on to tech now okay so after all of that is figured out you have your your week before opening there's usually, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. You know, there's dry tech, wet tech. I don't, I don't even know what all the terms are called. <laughs> I don't know that I've heard those terms. Uh, Q to Q. Okay. That kind of stuff. Well, I know what a Q to Q is. Yeah. So a lot of times, I guess, is that that's your first tech rehearsal is what you'll do is you know what all the tech use. You know, when the lights go up, when the lights change, when the lights go down, when you have sound effects that go, or that sort of thing. And you'll just run it from... You're pretty much a couple just, of lines before each cue. Yeah, and a couple right. Lines it's uh, it's really just rehearsal for the operators. Yes, primarily. Yeah, just focusing on every single cue change. For those who are not familiar with the cue to cue meant. Yep. I do know some directors don't do cue to cue. Yeah, I mean, I I always have. I do sometimes. Sometimes I don't. It depends on how complicated it is. I guess if there's a lot of cues, I might be more inclined to do a cue to cue. If there's just lights up, lights down. For each scene, I'm less inclined to do it. True, I almost—it's a very boring experience for the actors too. It is There's because you no gotta continuity. Stand a lot. I almost feel like doing Q to Q might just be better with stand-ins. Yeah, but you have to get <laughs> if the actors See, the aren't thing, really though. available. If you've got your your lighting designer there, who should be there for your Q to Q or whatever, and looking at the design, you would need stand-ins that are the same height as your actors to make sure that the light is hitting them properly. True. And that's a, a lot of what it is sometimes is you'll do a cue, you'll run it and you'll be like, wait, freeze. And the actors stand there while your lighting designer adjusts a light. And then we move on to the next cue, that kind of thing. Make sure they're all working properly. Uh, you know, the other option is just to go through the show and run all the cues and your lighting designer takes notes or you take notes and go, Hey, on this scene, can we fix this bit? Or you fix it on the fly. You try it once and yeah. didn't work. Go back, try it again. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to work in your tech. Uh, Q to Q might be the easiest, arguably. I don't know. Uh, certainly not for the actors. For the actors, it is kind of boring. <laughs> there's a lot of standing around and waiting. But Frequently, I, I, that's an excellent time, I find, where for the actors, if they're not on stage, they should be running lines. Absolutely. Always stress that going into, your, <laughs> into production. You know, once you're in tech week, run what? You have, You're sitting around with nothing to do? Well, here's yeah. something you can yeah, do. Yeah, run your lines. Run, run. So, yeah, you work in the tech uh, tech week. You know, you've got usually one rehearsal is dedicated to getting it kind of nailed down and then you're running it with tech, maybe with costumes, maybe not, maybe with makeup, maybe not. Yeah, I find like that tech day, let's say the tech day is 
Sunday. The beginning of Tech mm-hmm. Week starts on Sunday, and it yep. would start off with the Q to Q, the first go around, and then the second go around is first attempt at a full show run yep. with costumes, with makeup, so that you know we can see what works, what needs to change, that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe for the next one or two rehearsals, some of those elements are not present. Right, maybe not full makeup, maybe not completely full costumes mm-hmm. it depends on it depends on costume show. changes I, yes that's the yeah. main thing like shoes are kind of important to just have an idea of how you're going to be able to move around on whatever shoes you're wearing in any scene but costumes unless you're changing costumes during the show it's not necessarily important or if your costume somehow factors in to how you're moving or how you're acting yeah and since those next couple tech rehearsals tend to fall on weeknights and you're trying to get started and you might have a little yeah. bit less time and most of these people have to go to work the next day what day jobs yeah. no Oh, never. Um, <laughs> and I yeah. find usually I'll do like, you know, uh, the Q to Q on a Sunday. The Monday I will try yeah, the, the, a run with everything. Tuesday I'll tend to be like costumes, makeup optional. Wednesday I will do show conditions and we'll yeah, start well, at whatever time the show starts. We'll start that. We'll, we'll do it as if it's a show. Okay. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's the official dress. Um, yeah. The main uh, deviation from that for shows I've directed would be that we don't necessarily start at normal show time. Maybe we'll start a half hour earlier. Yeah, I've done that too. Depends on the, if the show's a long show, I'll tend yeah. to start it earlier. Well, that and uh, typically we've had audiences, small audiences for our dresses. I hope you've paid for the rights. <laughs> I can't comment on that legally. <laughs> typically, an example might be people that are not being charged to see it who are like say from a local you don't have to make excuses we've talked about this before (laughs) i know it gets done at a lot of theaters i personally don't like to do it i don't like to have any invited people if people happen to show up i'm not going to turn them away right that kind of thing that's Uh, not been under my control that's been well there you go i mean a lot of theaters do it officially yeah theater policy they'll say you will have a small audience on your final dress and you don't have a choice in the matter and then right yeah it's not like they're going to sue you anyway they're going to the theater i think the actors generally prefer it because yeah. they want to see particularly how stuff like goes a comedy line, particularly with a comedy yeah. yes I think that pretty much covers about everything uh, for planning rehearsals I think so yeah uh, so our next episode we're gonna continue uh, talking about starting to direct uh, we're gonna get into a little bit more detail about working with actors and working with the theater um, if all the have... stuff that needs to happen at said rehearsals yes so if you've got uh, other and ideas, in between too yes stuff that has happened outside of rehearsals yes so if you've got other uh, ideas you'd like us to discuss on the show or again if you'd like us to interview you if you've got stuff you want to talk about then drop us a line at podcast at backstage dot link all right until next time i'm glenn and i'm jim see you next time hello i'm glenn and i'm jim <laughs> it's an uh, odd numbered episode it's your turn sorry i always forget who oh Outtakes. but it says 12 it says 12 that's an even number but we switched them I so know. this is now 11 these go to 11 yes. yeah Boy, that was really <laughs> woo that welcome was, that was emphatic yes uh so we're gonna get started on a what no never mind we're starting over let me reset Okay, go ahead. The sordid details of our lives are outtakes. (laughs) 